This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 39 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Welcome to the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week, and we talk about sports psychology on this show. And we haven't talked a lot about sports in the last couple of months. We've been talking about a lot of other things because there are a lot of other things going on that have been a priority. But as this country starts to come back to sports, we're going to get into something today. Because there's a bigger issue going on. It's society, it's racism, it's a shame. It's a shame what's been going on in this country. The way people are treated, the way people have been mistreated, and this past week, we've seen this country wake up to the problems that have existed for years. And you're seeing people come out from all over the place and talk and express themselves, positively and negatively. There have been, there has been, in the last couple of days, a huge uprising in this country for equality, for treating people fairly. In the past week, since we did our show last week, so much has changed. And it makes me feel good to see people speak how they feel, to speak about equality, speak about bigotry, speak about hatred, speak about anger. Our country needs to wake up to what's been going on forever, and you're seeing it now across the board. This show is is a sports psychology show. It's about the mental side of sports. It's about how we interact with people, how we get along. And I think sports can be part of the healing process in our country, in the world for that matter. Because sports brings people together. You know, so the definition of sport is an activity involving physical exertion and skill in which an individual or team competes against another or others for entertainment. You know, the makeup of a team, though, what is it? It's a group of people coming together to accomplish a common goal. My producer, Blake, is going to comment on this because he's played many on many, many team sports, right? So your perception of a team is what? Well, my perception of a team is uh, a group of people that can come together, like you said, for one common goal, regardless of creed, religion, race, color, doesn't matter. They've all got one common goal to be accomplished in the end. And it's one of those things that everybody on that team has worked hard to get there worked hard done done things that most people haven't done you know we used to have this saying that uh you know back in college we used to have this saying and it was i've done more before 8 a.m than most people do all day well that's probably true for most athletes because most athletes get up and work out and and on a team like you said a locker room is a group of people and i've as 39 years of work in sports working with pro teams, college teams, Olympic teams, everybody. I, I've seen it. And it's, it doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. It doesn't matter what your religion is. It doesn't matter what your beliefs are. When you get together on that team, you're working together. And in my opinion, that's what our nation needs to be doing now. We need to come together. This bigotry and hatred has got to stop. It's not going to, unfortunately, because there are always going to be people out there who are going to be that way. Religious bigotry, racial bigotry, sexual bigotry, doesn't matter. But we've got to change, and everybody knows that. And sports, to me, is a way that our country can start to heal. Sports can provide that because it can be an example 
an example of how people work together. And it doesn't matter where you came from. You know, a locker room, you take you take a football team, for example. And since there's so much anger and hatred now about everything that's gone on, and, and, and foully so, it doesn't matter if you're a policeman, if you're a psychiatrist, if you're a lawyer, there's always a, a bad group of people in every profession. There's always people that don't have the same values as other people. And those people need to be called out. But on a team, let me tell you, a sports team brings people together to work. And it doesn't matter what the color of your skin is, what your religion is. It's about that goal. And so I think that's an example of where we can go. And I want to open up our phone lines, and I'd like to hear from you. If you are an athlete or you're a coach, you're a sports fan. How can sport help heal our country, heal the world for that matter? Our phone number is 913-3810-810. I'd love to hear from you if you're an athlete, if you're a coach, if you believe sports can help us, because I think it can. I think sports is a great example of where people from all different backgrounds come together. I mean, Blake, football football team, let's take it. College football teams are a group group of guys from all over the place. You have white white guys from the suburbs, white guys who grew up on farms, black inner city men, black guys who grew up in suburbs, all over the place. You have white guys that grew up in the inner city. Yeah, it was just, I mean, it, it's from you everywhere. Have, you have people from all over. That's right. It's insane. I it, mean, people it, don't, don't realize that people grow up all over the place. And I've worked with many, many professional football players and college football players college athletes for that matter it doesn't matter they don't care where somebody's from when they're out there on the field playing or in the locker room it's about accomplishing something working together and so that to me is a great example of what we need to do in this country because i think we have too many people who are too caught up with who they are rather than what's going on well i'm this or i'm that or i believe it. okay but when you're when you're in a business, you're work, working to accomplish goals. Does it matter where somebody's from? No. If you're trying to work together on a team, a team is a group of people, right? And isn't that isn't that part of the problem we've got today? Well, a hundred percent. It's one of those things where it's like people don't understand that when you work together, it does not matter background, creed, like I said earlier, creed, religion, race, because you're all accomplishing one goal. And I think one of the biggest things that we necessarily uh, don't look at today is the fact that everybody wants to accomplish a goal is it the is it a common goal it should be and most times it is we just haven't even asked that question usually we haven't asked is that a common goal we all want to accomplish is that something that you and me are both striving for and i think the conversation is one of the biggest things that we all need to have well let's get some calls in here i want to hear from you if you are an athlete you're a coach you're a sport fan you're a parent of an athlete. How can sports help heal us? Can sports be an example of how we can work together? We're seeing comments all over the place now from college teams, from professional teams, from coaches and teams about how we need to eliminate racial inequality. And it's time to do it. It's about time. It's about time to let people be people. We need to get along, work together. In this business of anger and hostility towards people because somebody's skin color is different, religion is different, needs to stop. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every week, and I'd like to hear from you. This is a show about you. It's about us. And I think today's show, like I said, is a really important show because it's a show that I think we can help open the door to giving people a chance to heal in our country and in the world. So if you're an athlete and you've been on a sports team, how has being on a sports team helped you work together? If you're a coach, how do you get everybody to work together for that goal? Do you believe sports can help heal us? Can it be the example we need, one of the examples we need, to show how people can work together? Because it's time to heal our country. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour.
I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad. How do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. Olivia, from Washington. Laid off and trying to keep our little kids from realizing that mommy and daddy haven't eaten in a while. Roger, from California. I'm grateful we could afford our son's surgery. I'm nervous that now we can't really afford food. Daniel, from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Donna from Louisiana. The storm just hit, and we went from donating to the food bank to needing it. Keisha from South Carolina. I've been skipping meals so my two kids can eat, but filling up on water doesn't really work. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Welcome to our show. Today's topic, can sports help us heal? We are going through a trying time in this country. There's a lot of pain, a lot of anger, but there's also a lot of hope. We've witnessed some awful atrocities. Black people, people who are black-skinned being killed, have been killed by police, by others. And this issue has come to the forefront now. It's being talked about. The death of George Floyd has brought all this upon us. The tragic death that he went through 
for no reason. And it's brought out the topic of racism in our country. And it has brought it out in a way nobody expected. And I am glad we are finally bringing this topic up to talk about and discuss. You've seen the protests. You've seen the millions of people around the world protesting for equality, for everyone to get along. And I think sport, sports competition can help us heal because I think sports is a great example of people coming from all different places working together. If you're a coach, if you're an athlete, if you've participated in sports, can sports be an example of how we can work together and heal? Let's go to the phones. Let's speak to Marjorie. Marjorie, good morning. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for calling in. Absolutely. What do you think about this topic today? Well, like everybody else, I think this is something that is um, a terrible situation. And I think in my world with youth sports, you're asking, how can sports help? I am working with children, and I think this is going to require um, a long-term solution. I don't think we're going to have any short-term solutions, but I think that coaches have an opportunity to help shape attitudes with children. And I think that is an excellent place to start. Um, the kids are going to watch how I treat them. They're going to watch how we develop a team culture of inclusion, of um, how we're supposed to treat each other. And then hopefully from those experiences in their childhood, they can carry those forward into their adulthood. Do you have people on your team who come from different backgrounds? Absolutely. And how do you try to bring them all together? Well, there are... I'm in the world of swimming, and so we we practice together. And the nice thing about swimming is the stopwatch doesn't lie, so there, it would be impossible for me to show preferential treatment, for example, when I'm choosing kids for certain relays. Everyone has the same opportunity when they are at practice with us to get the same information and to excel. And so the kids learn that, that they can earn their success, that they can be proud of their teammates, that... Um, that they're they're together working like we were taught like you were talking before toward a common goal. So they're together um, in and out of the water. They're together at swim meets, and so they learn about each other and they learn differences about each other and learn to celebrate those differences as well as their similarities. As a coach, how do you feel about what's going on, and how can this maybe open the door? for healing well how do I feel about it it's just horrible um, it's appalling um, I can't imagine being treated that way I, I can't imagine being a witness to it I can't imagine being a perpetrator of it um, so I look at the kids that I coach and I can't fathom any of them ever being treated that way so it's just so hard to really wrap your head around when you really think about what's happening to people across our country. So how can sports help? I mean, I, I like that comment. I was, I was listening to another show and they were talking about a comment that John Elway recently made that, you know, sports shouldn't be a distraction. It can be so much more. It can be, like you said, part of the healing process, teaching athletes to work together um, to celebrate each other's differences and to appreciate each other. And because I'm in the world of youth sports, I have a hand, hopefully, in helping shape those attitudes for the long term. Well, I want to thank you for calling in. Great comments. And obviously, anyone who gets to be coached by you is going to learn a great deal and, and have a positive experience. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts today. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Thank you. Have a great day. Yeah. All right. That frees up our lines here. And I'd like to hear from you if you are a coach, just like Marjorie. That was a great call. Sports can help us heal. It can help us get better. Because when you're on a sports team, it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your religious beliefs are, your color of your skin is, your sexual orientation. If you're working together to accomplish something, you work together. When you're out there on a football field, and Blake, you played football, did it matter who was on your team, where they came from when you're out there trying to score a touchdown? 
No, it didn't. And I think one of the funniest things about playing sports is when you're going through the training aspect of sports, you realize that the guy next to you witnessed you sweat, bleed, you know, struggle in the entire aspect of training. So he's also going to be the first person to go, you know what? I'm going to trust this guy and I'm going to put my belief in this guy and I'm going to care for this person because I've seen him go through the lowest of the low and the hardest of the hard. So to, to witness, uh, you know, players of all types go through something like that, it gives you a different aspect. It gives you kind of a different perspective of how you view them, regardless of anything that, you know, it could be something like, you know, uh, this is just a, a small antidote, but let's say you were said something wrong in the lunchroom and you guys, you know, kind of got into something, but you went out on the field and, and he was there to witness you do what you did or, or you witnessed him do what you do, you know, regardless of who said what you're making fun of each other, you're doing whatever doesn't matter. It's one of those, you earned the respect you earned the, I, I mean, respect is kind of the best word to use in my opinion that you just, you just earned it. You, you were there. You, I've seen you go through the exact same things I have I've on the field, obviously while you're training. And so it's kind of a weird, oh, there we go. We got a call. Well, yeah. I mean, look, this is what this is about. And today with where we stand in, in life with all these people protesting, all these people sh- demanding, not just asking, demanding that people be treated right. Black lives matter. Everyone's life matters. We all need to be treated the right way. And it's about time that we brought this together. And sports, to me, is the example. When you go to a sport, when you go to a, a, a football game, a baseball game, a hockey game, a soccer game, you're out there cheering for your team. Does it matter what the person next to you looks like? No. Because you're cheering for that team on the field. You're high-fiving, and, 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 you're, and you're, you're doing that. That's what this is about. Let's talk about it. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive, realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. (gasps) Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. 
America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by End Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. Hope you're enjoying the show because today we're talking about maybe something more important than anything else. It's about life. It's about dealing with people, treating people the right way, being respectful. I grew up in Kansas City, seen religious bigotry. I've seen racial bigotry. The neighborhood I grew up in, back in the 1960s, a black family moved in. Within a few days of being in the, in the neighborhood, their house was egged teepeed and graffiti was sprayed on their house they were wonderful people i know my sister went to school with one of the young men in that family he came over his name was perry great guy i think he ended up being class president if i if i I remember correctly she was three years younger than me great guy tremendous people didn't matter that they were black they were people but there are people out there who don't get it And we're waking up now in this country, I think, a lot of people. There's still a lot of people that aren't going to wake up. doesn't matter what your religion is, the color of your skin is. There are people out there that aren't going to like you because of that. And it's wrong. And now we're seeing it. Sports, to me, can help lead us to heal us. Because, like I said, a sport event, a sporting event, if you're a fan, if you're a fan of a team, you're out there cheering your team on. It doesn't matter what the color of the person's skin next to you is or what their religious persuasion is. They're cheering your team on. If you're on a team, everybody's playing together. I work with a bunch of NFL players. One NFL player told me he's on an offensive line and everybody else on the offensive line is a different skin color than him. He says, Doc, I don't care about that. They're pe- I love these guys. And you know what? If they're not on the team, they go to another team. I'm still going to love them because they're people. Let's see what Hannah has to say. Hannah, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning, Dr. Jacobs. I'm calling you from beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. Wow. Yeah. Is the sun up Um, there yet? Is what? Is the sun up there yet? Uh, Not quite. (laughs) (laughs) It's early there. Well, thank you for Uh, listening. I I listen to you online, uh, and I'm a former uh, college coach. Uh, also college athlete, now coaching a young um, sports team. And I've got a question for you. Um, you know, coming back, how do you address the elephant in the room? 
these kids obviously have been exposed to the media and what's going on right now in our society. So how do you approach uh, the issue of division with the athletes uh, when they return? Well, before I answer your question as a coach, how would you how would you address it? Because I've got my opinion. I don't hear what you say first. <laughs> Put you on the okay. spot. Okay. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, I think it's really important to, you know, not sweep the issue under the rug. I think it's really important to uh, address it head on. I also think it's really important not to talk at the athletes, but to talk with them. So, uh, you know, to sit down and have a discussion and ask them their feelings and their emotions um, about the situation. And then together as a team, uh, come together as a unified unit, uh, agreeing on, um, you know, that, that we're one team, uh, one family, one people, uh, color, race, creed does not matter. I agree 100%. So the way I would have answered that question is basically what you just said. The first thing you should do is before you start a practice, I think you sit down with the, the, the athletes and their parents. And I think as a youth oh, sport coach, okay. you sit down okay. with the parents and say, we need to talk about something that's more important than the game, than the sport. It's about life, and it's about us getting along and working together. And there's an issue going on in our society today we need to address because we all know about it, and I want to talk about it because I want us to grow from this. I want us to be better for this. The tragedy of, of people losing their lives because of this is, is just d- disgusting. I mean, what happened to George Floyd, in my opinion, is an absolutely disgusting situation. And those police officers, in my opinion, should, should be disciplined for that terribly because they took a life for no reason. And but but now we're seeing the whole world, the whole world wake up, wake up to life. And I think we bring it up to to the kids and parents talk about it so we can say, let's all show everybody how we can be strong together. That's what I think, Hannah. That's great. Um, I wouldn't have thought of bringing the parents in, but that's a great idea. Well, listen, thank you for calling. Thanks for listening in Scottsdale. I appreciate that so early in the morning. <laughs> Yeah, I'm up early. <laughs> well, good luck and have have a great day, and thank you so much for your comments. Great, And it sounds like you know what you're talking about. I think that's a great way to approach it with your team. Thanks a lot. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Let's go. Who's on uh, line two? Okay, let's go to the next. And uh, we have Jordan Willis on the line. Now, I happen to know who Jordan Willis is. He's an NFL player. Jordan, thanks for calling in. Oh, hey, Dr. Jacobs. Um, good morning. Um, I happen to be... Working with you the past two years, and um, I was listening on your show this morning. I think. Um, well, wait, you even you even talk to me and then listen to me on the radio too. Good for you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, definitely. Well, let, uh, and let, well let, hold on. Let, first of all, I appreciate you calling in, and, and let's talk. You're black, okay? So, yes. I, 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 you have to have feelings about this whole situation. So, share with us how you're feeling with this. I mean, you know, obviously this is a, you know, challenging situation that's going on with our society right now. And, you know, like you, you've been saying, you know, quite a few times on air this morning, you know, I think sports can, you know, do something big here, you know. Um, and with a lot of the seasons getting ready to start back up and with the NFL season approaching, I think athletes really can show the whole world um, like how we can bond together as teams and play together. You know, all of us is from different backgrounds, different religions, um, different skin colors, um, different in a lot of different ways. Grew up in different economic uh, backgrounds. Um, some guys are from all over, um, including like the women's sports. But like they're able to see us on TV um, playing at our best and then seeing us also mesh with every single person on the team for one common goal, and that's to win. So, like, I think it'll be huge, you know, as a season, not just the NFL season, but, like, you know, basketball maybe starting back up. You know, you even got NASCAR and some of these other sports that have already started. And when people get the opportunity to see these athletes perform together for one common goal um, as a team, for one common, you know, you know, one common goal, to win, I think, you know, the whole world 
able to see all that type of stuff is going to say, hey, like, we actually can work together as one, you know, to improve our society. You know, Jordan, you, you have a unique perspective because you are black. You are now on your second NFL team. You started with the Bengals. Now you're with the Jets. You went to Kansas State University, which is in the middle of the United States, and you played for maybe one of the greatest college coaches ever, Bill Snyder. Was this an issue that Bill Snyder ever talked about, or was this an issue that was ever addressed at K-State when you were in college? Um, we did have, I believe, the um, the issue over the Trayvon Martin um, when he was – I forget about the whole situation, um, the specifics of that. But, um, you know, there were a couple times here and there where Coach Snyder would step up and talk about certain things. But you bring up that we were in the middle of Kansas. Obviously, like, we're out there in the middle of nowhere. Um, and we, at that time, we had, like, a lot of players from, that grew up in the middle of, like, Kansas, rural Kansas, um, that were from small towns, a lot of white players. Um, then you had a bunch of Juco players from all over the country. Like, you had some players from the South. Like, there was a whole mixture of players that came together to make up that group. Like, guys from Iowa, California, and um, college fo- football might be even more diverse than, like, NFL football in some ways. And, and, yes, and, and you know what, Jordan? we got to go to our break here. I'd like you to, if you don't mind, hold hold on. I'd like to keep you on for the rest of the show and talk about this because we've got to yes. go to our break. So just hold on here. I think what you're bringing up right here is something that a lot of people have ignored and I want you to you to address it from your perspective, because you've got a great perspective, because you, you're a wonderful person, you're a good man, and you've got a great idea here. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist... With 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive, realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. 
What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHP in Kansas City. Today's topic is maybe one of the most important ones we've ever addressed in this show, and it's about how sport can possibly be a way to heal. An example of showing us how we can heal. With all the pain and angst that's going on in this country today, I think sports can give us a great scenario where people from all walks of life, different backgrounds, different colors, different religions, play together, work together. So why can't that be an example for life? On the line with us is Jordan Willis. He's a defensive end for the New York Jets. Jordan and I have known each other for a year and a half, and he has been kind enough to call in today and talk about this. And before we went to the break, Jordan, we were talking about your, you played at K-State, and so go ahead and, and let's continue on what you we were saying there at Kansas State University. Um, yes, Doc. Um, so basically what I was saying was, like, you know, I went to school at Kansas State, you know, it's out there in Manhattan, Kansas. Um, and you can't deny that it's a rural area, like it's out there in the middle of nowhere. But the cool part about it was, is we had so many players from all over the country. Like you had players from Kansas who grew up in small towns who graduating classes were, you know, 20 people. Or you had guys from California, guys from the South, um, just all over the place that came in, and on top of that, with college football, you have somewhere around 120 players on the team in one locker room that has to work together for a common goal. And you grew up in Kansas City, went to Rockhurst High School, which is a private Catholic high school, okay? So yes. had you did you experience some some differences there? Because uh, were there a lot of black players on your, on your team? Um, we had a good amount of black players on the team. I would say this. Um, I never um, experienced, like, any sort of racism, um, nothing negative that was directed toward me. But, yes, we have – it was a bunch of class differences at the school. Well, you had a and, tremendous uh, coach there, too, so I'm sure he, Tony Severino probably had something to do with that. But, anyway, go go ahead to K-State, then, what you were saying. Yeah, so, like, um, obviously, you know, you had a lot of different players from all over, um, and it was kind of cool to see guys, like I was saying, that, you know, grew up in rural Kansas who might have had a graduating class of 20 people come together and play with a, you know, a black kid from, you know, California or from the, the South or whatnot. But you see all those over the years, we had no internal issues within the team over race or backgrounds, beliefs or religion. Like guys just came together um, as one, you know, for a common goal at the end of the day. And that was to, you know, beat any team in the Big 12. Ask this question, Jordan. Did, did that have a lot to do with Bill Snyder and his coaching staff? Because to me, and, and I'm not afraid to say, the leadership in this country is, is, is not good. We've got problems. And obviously there's a lot of dissent. There's a lot of anger. And so leadership takes the role here, right? And so a coach takes the role in a situation on a sports team, correct? Yes. Uh, like definitely Coach Snyder was a great leader. Um, probably one of the best. And, um, I mean, he did have a, he provided an environment, um, to where every guy on the team felt comfortable to show up and get, get the work they needed to get done and for us to improve as a team. And so he and, didn't, yeah. he didn't care what somebody's skin color was, what somebody's religion was. He cared about how you played as a football player. Yes, definitely. And he cared about, like, us. As people, as human beings, right. and wanting us to become productive members of society. See, right there, I was, I was trying to, I was setting you up for that. I hate to tell you, but I was, because um, that's really what it's about. He cared about you as people, right? And because he cared about you as people, it didn't matter if you're black, white, Jewish, Christian, Catholic, Muslim. It doesn't matter. It mattered that you were a person, and that's what. It, that's why Bill Snyder was a great football. Coach. I've never met him. Now, obviously, you know him very well. Right? Yes. Did you agree with that? Yes. Coach Snyder is, I mean, he's up there with the best of them. And like I was saying, like, as a, whether you're a football coach or if you're a captain on your team, 
no matter what sports you play in or if you're somebody that everybody looks up as a leader, like in the situation we find ourselves in as a country, like um, you just have to you have to provide an environment to where everybody on the team feels comfortable and desired and an environment where they feel comfortable enough to want to get better and everybody can focus on the common goal. And that is obviously at the end of the day to win and then have fun at what you're doing. Okay, so you're you're on an NFL team and you guys have online virtual meetings. Has this been something you guys have brought up? Is it something that's been dis- started to be discussed this week? Um, yes, you know we have been starting to discuss this as a group and a team, and I'm sure all NFL teams have been doing that. And at the end of the day, it's just an issue that you can't um, you can't ignore this issue, and it is going to be something that as a as a team, not just us. You know, but as a, everybody as a whole, um, we're going to have to deal with this and uh, talk about it and just doing it from a, a rational perspective and uh, working with each other. And I think at the end of the day, I think we will prevail. Um, I think we're going to do a good job with this, and I think it's all going to work out at the end of the day. Can, can an NFL team help heal what's going on? Yes, I think so, Doc. I mean, there's so many different things that go on with NFL teams. And, I mean, we now have international players. And the the background of some of these NFL players are, I mean, from all over. I mean, mean, there's so much going on on an NFL team. And it's so difficult for, like, a a coach to be able to bring all these guys together. Because you get, really, you have some real um, economic differences um, when you come to an NFL team. You got some millionaires, you got some guys that are small contract guys, and you got guys from just all over, from different universities, so many different beliefs that you have to bring together, you know, to try to win a Super Bowl. So, so when, And when you suit it up and you strap on everything and go on the field, it doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. What matters is the uniform you're wearing and how you can work together. Yes, and that, that's very true. Um, there's too much at stake to try to allow certain things to get in the way. And um, I've never been part of a situation to where um, anybody has um, tried to drive a stake in between, you know, the op- you know the main goal, which is trying to win football games. Um, and I don't see it happening here now. I, what I do hope that happens is I, I hope that each and every single player you know, every single team allows for their teammates to just have an opinion and to be able to state that opinion, but also respect them for their opinion and then sit down. If they disagree with it, sit down and have a, a, a conversation about it instead of, like, blowing up or acting emotional. We just need to make sure we do it the right way and give everybody the opportunity to, to speak their piece about the situation. Listen, Jordan, I want to thank you for calling in. And, yes, you and I know each other, and you've been working with me for the last couple of years. You mentioned that as we started, um, and I appreciate that. You're, you are a – I admire you immensely. You're, you're a really wonderful person. You want to become a better person. That's the things we work on, and you're accomplishing that. And the things you've shared today I think can help a lot of people out because what you said is exactly why I started this show. Sports can help us heal. And you just gave us a great example of how, as a member of a National Football League team, that can work. Listen, my friend, thank you for calling in today. Have a great day, and, and your comments were awesome. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Dr. Have okay. a good day. You too. Take care. You know, this show today may, may be one of the most important ones I've ever done. I talk about a lot of things I have in my 29 years on the radio, but the elephant in the room has been exposed. Racism is being talked about now. It's not being ignored, and it's about time. I don't care what the color of somebody's skin is, what their religion is. I care about them as a person. I've been working for 39 years as a sports psychologist. I've seen all kinds of people in my office. I've worked with all kinds of teams, with people from all over the place. They're people. And if we treat people as we would like to be treated, the world will be better. And obviously there are people out there who are doing things they shouldn't be doing. They need to be taken care of. I mean, you shouldn't be looting and vandalizing things. That's ridiculous. But people do that. We're in a crisis now. There are people out of work. There are people sick. We've got a pandemic going on. There's a lot of stress in this country, in the world. 
But sport, I think, can be an example of how we can start to heal. I hope you've enjoyed the show today. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. If you want to get a hold of me, you can reach me at my office, 816-561-5556. Send me an email at drj at winnersunlimited.com. Follow me on Twitter at, at DRJ Sports Psych. Our shows are podcasted here at Sports Radio 810 WHB, also on my website and on SoundCloud. Hope you enjoy it. Love to hear your comments. Listen, talk to people, respect people, shake people's hands, give people hugs. Let's all get along. The world's better when we do. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Take care. You've been listening to the Sports Psychology Hour. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Olivia, from Washington. Laid off and trying to keep our little kids from realizing that mommy and daddy haven't eaten in a while. Roger, from California. I'm grateful we could afford our son's surgery. I'm nervous that now we can't really afford food. Daniel, from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Donna from Louisiana. The storm just hit, and we went from donating to the food bank to needing it. Keisha from South Carolina. I've been skipping meals so my two kids can eat, but filling up on water doesn't really work. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council.